大家好 ，Hi everyone， you're listening to Bite Size Taiwanese， A brand new podcast giving you a taste of real everyday Taiwanese. This is Alan， and this is Phil. Welcome back. This is episode fourteen of the newbie level. 新年快乐 ，Happy New Year, Phil. 新年恭喜 Alan. Hey, it's another year. It's another decade. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. You're right. It's now the 2020s, or is it the 2020s? I always confuse two. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good question because I think for the decade, most people will probably say the 2020s. But if we're talking about a specific year, say the year 2024, you'll probably hear both. 2024 or 2024, depending on the context. But how about in Taiwanese? Oh, actually, in Taiwanese, there's also two ways to say the year. You could say 能清几十四年 which is basically like the year 2024. Or another way to say it is 几空几数年 which is more like saying the year 2024. So we've already seen before 几 for two. And kong, we can probably assume is zero. But how do we get su for four? Are we trying to avoid death again? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, it's not like that. Su is just another form of the number four. So, for example, for one, two, three, four, we can say jit neng sa shi, or we can also say it ji sam su. The first set is used when you're counting things. And the second set is used in more specific contexts, like reading each digit of your phone number. Yeah, I think some people refer to the first set as the colloquial pronunciation, and then the second set as the literary pronunciation. Right? Right. Actually, having literary and colloquial pronunciations doesn't only occur in numbers. If you read Chinese characters, many characters will have two or sometimes even more pronunciations in Taiwanese. One is the colloquial pronunciation called "bei wei im" or "bei im" for short. And the other is the literary pronunciation called "bungen im" or "bun im." The two pronunciations usually have different meanings and usages. So technically speaking, they are different words. Yeah, but we know Chinese characters as a writing system is conservative, and that it doesn't reflect much of the pronunciation or historical sound changes, but instead sticks to the root or the meaning. So two words that share a common root, or even two cognates in different languages that originated from the same Chinese word, they may all still be written with the same character. That's why one Chinese character often ends up having several pronunciations. So the fact that Taiwanese often has two or three pronunciations for the same Chinese character shows that the language has had a long history and a lot of contact with neighboring languages. Over time, the foreign words and non-native pronunciations are adopted into the language and form a system. We don't need to get too deep into it here, but basically, the literary pronunciation or bun im are newer pronunciations that entered the language around 600 to 900 AD, while colloquial pronunciations or bei im are much older and can be traced back to around 200 BCE. Yeah, a rough comparison we can make with English is how there's an older layer of Germanic Anglo-Saxon words. But then, in 1066, after the Norman invasion of England, many French words came into English, and also, of course, there are words that come from Latin and Greek. For example, in English, we have the Germanic word heart, but also the word cardio from Greek, which also means heart. They both originate from the same Indo-European root curd. 
From this same root, it also produced words like core, record, or courage. So although these words probably all sound different and have different meanings to us, they actually still have some connection to each other because they have the same root. It's just that they entered the English language through different paths. But let's say we had to write them using characters. They might have all been written with the same heart sign or radical. And you would just have to learn when it's pronounced as heart, core, or cardio. Yeah, that is probably one of the trickiest things about reading and writing Taiwanese in characters. For those of you who have learned Japanese kanji, you probably understand the pain of a character <laughs> having multiple readings. So in Taiwanese, bunim, the literary pronunciation is generally used for reading classical Chinese text, proverbs from classical Chinese, new or long words written in characters, or higher level concepts. On the other hand, beim, the colloquial pronunciation, tend to be used for a lot of basic verbs and terms found in daily living because historically it's the native layer of the language. Right, it's a little like cardio tends to be found in medical terms like cardiology, cardiogram, or cardiovascular, but heart is used in everyday English. But for those of you who have no prior knowledge of Chinese characters or Japanese kanji, and have just started to build up your Taiwanese vocabulary, don't get too hung up on the terms literary and colloquial. Just learn new vocabulary with the romanized writing. If you'd also like to learn the characters, just keep in mind that sometimes two words that sound different may be written with the same character. And that also the same character concept might have more than one pronunciation depending on its usage. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Well, we took a little bit of a detour there. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so let's get back to our topic of numbers. <laughs> Taiwanese has a set of numbers with bun im or literary pronunciations. So do we have to learn a whole new set of numbers? <laughs> well, we've already learned two of them. The number one, it, and the number two, ji. Great. So I guess we're at least partly, <laughs> we're already part of the way there. <laughs> well, today, why don't we learn the rest of the literary numbers? and also when we should use them. Sounds good to me. Let's do it. So Alan, as a quick review, why don't we just count the numbers 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Here we'll be using the beim or colloquial reading. No problem. We've also already learned another way to say one and two, right? Like when we want to say 11, 12, or 21 and 22. Right, so for those numbers, we use it for one and ji for two. So we have zap it 11, zap ji 12, ji zap it 21, and ji zap ji 22. Okay, so now we know that it and G are literary pronunciations of the numbers 1 and 2. But before we get to the rest of the numbers, maybe you can tell us more about when we might use these literary pronunciations for numbers. Well, they actually only appear in a few places. It and G are special cases in that we find them for 1s and 2s in numbers under 99. So obviously we use those all the time. But the literary reading for the other numbers are typically only used when reading off digits, like for a phone number or a lottery number, within set phrases or expressions, some place names or people's given names, and sometimes also when specifying a year. 
Okay, so now that we know what situations to use literary readings, let's get back to learning the rest of them. So Alan, what's the literary reading for the number three? Also, just like what we did for learning the colloquial reading of numbers, why don't we go through all the previous numbers each time we add a new number? That sounds like a good idea. Okay, so for three, we have some, some, it, ji, some. Besides the phone numbers and reciting digits, where else might you commonly hear some three? Well, if someone is being foolish, silly, or ditzy, you can call them sanpat, <laughs> which is actually just saying three and eight using a literary pronunciation. That's great. Now we also know eight, too. <laughs> yeah, so sanpat is a somewhat derogatory term usually said about women, but close friends can say it to each other when kidding around. Well, there's another saying used among men, Sambahanti will literally three eight brothers, <laughs> which you might say to a close friend if he's being overly polite to you when he should be more informal. We also use some in samzamba, which literally means three layer meat, but refers to pork belly, since that cut of meat has what looks like three streaks from the marbling. That makes me think of that famous stone carved to look like a cut of meat at Gokyong, the National Palace Museum. <laughs> well, did you go there again this year for Shintanze <laughs> Christmas this year? <laughs> no, not this year. But this year I did get to do some travel. But let's let's not take another detour. How okay, about okay. the number four? Okay, for four we have Su. Su. It ji sam su. Su or four actually is a part of a lot of common expressions. So you have Su Gui, the four seasons. Su Hai, the four seas, or figuratively, the whole world. And Su Gi, the four limbs. There's also an expression, Su Tong Patat, which roughly translates as four sides, to pass through, eight directions, to attain or reach. And it's used to describe when a transportation network is really convenient and is accessible in all directions. Hey, we have but or eight again here. <laughs> so popular. <laughs> okay, so now let's move on to the number five. The literary pronunciation for five is ngo, ngo, it ji sam su ngo. Notice that it begins with a nasal sound that we don't have at the beginning of words in English. But it does end words like the word sing. We talk more about this in our Pronounce It Like a Pro podcast series. So check out the episode on nasal sounds. We'll include the link on the episode page. Also, another thing to note here is that the tone is different. With the colloquial pronunciation, ngo is in a seventh tone. But in the literary pronunciation, we have a second tone, ngo. For ngo, there are a lot of expressions having to do with five types of things. For example, five spices, ngohyang, which usually includes star anise, cloves, fennel, cinnamon, and Sichuan pepper. Five grains, ngokok, which usually has rice, millet, corn, wheat, and soybeans. Five metals, ngokim, which usually means gold, silver, copper, iron, and tin. 
and the five sensory organs, ngo guan, which usually refers to the eyes, ears, nose, mouth, and body or heart. Also, to say that something is really colorful, you can say ngo cai. All right. So now let's move on to the number six. For the number six, we have liok, liok, it, ji san su ngo liok. One expression we have with liok is liok hap, which means the six directions: east, west, south, north, up, and down. Basically, this is used when you want to mean everything under the sun or the entire universe. Another place you see "dog" is in the expression for six domesticated animals, "dog tiok," which refers to the pig, cow, horse, sheep, chicken, and dog. Okay, so now how about the number seven? Seven is the exact same as the count numbers, "chit," "chit," "it," "ji," "sam," "su," "ngo," "dog," "chit." Perfect. One less thing to worry about. <laughs> yeah. So let's just keep going on then. What's the number eight? We've already mentioned it twice today, so you all <laughs> should know this, right? <laughs> but, but, it ji sam su ngo diok chit. But in Taipei, the two two a memorial peace park ji ji pak gong hung was named to remember the events of February twenty eighth, nineteen forty seven. When an anti-government massacre marked the beginning of the White Terror period in Taiwan, but also gave rise to Taiwan's democracy movement. I also never forget, but because all the commercials that provide a toll-free eight hundred number <laughs> start off with "kong ba kong kong." Well, I can totally hear voices from different commercials saying that in my head. Kong ba kong kong, kong guji. All right, so now what do we have for the number nine? Okay, for nine we say "kiu, kiu, it ji sam su ngo diok chit but kiu." When people refer to years in the twentieth century, like nineteen eighty seven or nineteen ninety five, they usually start with "it kiu." So people will say "it kiu but chit" for nineteen eighty seven. It kiu kiu ngo for 1995. Also, kiu zu is the name of a major street in Kaohsiung, Gehyeong. Finally, we've made it to the end. So, can you hey. give us the? <laughs> can you give us? Can you give us the liter? But still, one more. <laughs> can you give us the literary reading for ten? Okay, for the number ten, we say ship, ship. It ji sam su ngo diok chit but. I like the word for intersection, ship jilo, since it's so descriptive. If you don't know what the character for ship or ten looks like, it's basically a cross. Ji means character, and lo means road. So the word for an intersection, ship jilo, is something like roads that form the character ten. Ship zuan ship bi is a common saying to express that something is completely perfect. If we break it down, we have ship ten, zuan completely, ship ten again, and be beautiful. So it's like something is a ten out of ten in being complete and perfect. And actually, the first half, 
Shipzuan is also used to refer to Shipzuan Dai Bo Tong, which is a common soup used in traditional Chinese medicine. Okay, now that we've gotten through all the literary readings of the numbers, let's just do another quick review. It Ji Sun Su Ngo Liu Chit But Gyu Ship. Now let's compare that to our count numbers read with a colloquial pronunciation once more. Jit nung sa shi go duck chit be go zap. Just a couple things to point out. Only the numbers for one and five have different tones between their colloquial and literary readings. So for the number one, compare jit eighth tone with it fourth tone. For the number five, compare go seventh tone with ngo second tone. All the others have the same tones in both their colloquial and literary reading. And don't forget that seven chit is the same pronunciation in both sets. These days, one of the most common places you'll hear and get to use these literary numbers is when talking about phone numbers. So, Alan, how do we ask? What is your phone number? Can you break it down for us? Sure. Die is your. Denwe is telephone. Gui means how many, and he means number. And so, how would you respond to this? Well, actually, people tend to break up phone numbers in different ways. In Taiwan, a telephone number has nine or ten digits, so people will group them in different ways. Let's just try practicing with a ten-digit number: two digits, four digits, and then four digits. Or it could be four digits, three digits, and then three digits. It does matter how we break it up because for each grouping, only the last digit keeps its tone, while all the preceding digits change tone. So let's try an example. The phone number we'll use is a mobile number because it starts with a zero nine. Zero nine eight. Three, five, five, seven, eight, four, six. Let's group it as two digits, then four and four. Kong Kiu, Pat Sam Ngo Ngo, Chit Pat Su Diok. Now let's group it as four digits, then three and three. Kong Kiu Pat Sam Ngo Ngo Chit. Wow, they sound so different. Yeah, in a way, you get to be a little creative on how you want your phone number to sound. <laughs> okay, now another common place you might get to use literary numbers is in specifying a year. So, how would you ask what year were you born? or You can respond by saying, I was born in 1992, or simply, Gua ikyu kyuji, me 1992. Notice that it's common to break up the year into two groupings, one nine and nine two. As we saw with the phone numbers, this grouping affects the tone changes. In Taiwan, know that for official documents, the year is based on how many years it's been since the founding of the Republic of China, Bingkok, back in 1911. So to convert between the year according to the Gregorian calendar, Seiguan, you just subtract 1911 
from the current year. So 2020 in the Gregorian calendar is 109 in the Republic of China calendar. Most of the time, the year in the Bingkok Republic of China calendar is read as a colloquial number. So this year would be Bingkok Jipa Kong Gao Ni. Okay, let's try practicing what we just learned. Alan, what's your phone number? Via Denway Gui He Kong Kyu Pat Ji Ngong Ngong Kyu Ji Chit It. Paise, can you say that again? I didn't catch it. Sure. Kong Kyu Pat Ji Ngong Ngong Kyu Ji Chit It. Okay, so I still need some basic information from you to finish this form. Can you tell me which year you were born in? Cha Meng Di Gui Ni Chu Sorry, what year is Bingkok Beds of Jini? According to the Gregorian calendar, Bingkok Beds of Jini, she Seguan Guini Seguan Ikyu Kyu Samni Gua Ikyu Kyu Samni Tsushi. Okay, year of birth 1993. All right, I've got it all now. Tersha. Alright, it's review time. Like usual, we'll say the English first and then the Taiwanese. First natural speed and then slowly. Practice by saying a lot with us. Alright, let's get started. The literary pronunciation of one, two, three, four, five. It ji sam su ngo. It ji sam su ngo. The literary pronunciation of six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Dyok chit pat kyu ship. Dyok chit pat kyu ship. Colloquial pronunciation. Pe im. Pe im. Literary pronunciation. Boon im. Boon im. Foolish, silly, or ditzy. Usually said of women. Sampat. Sampat. To be overly polite among close friends. Usually said among men. Sampat hiati. Sampat hiati. Pork belly. Sam tamba. Sam tamba. The four seasons. Su gui. Su gui. The four seas, or figuratively, the whole world. Su hai. Su hai. The four limbs. Suki Suki An expression describing really convenient and accessible transportation networks. Su Tong Patat Su Tong Patat 
five spices. Ngo hiang. Ngo hiang. Five grains. Ngo kok. Ngo kok. Five metals. Ngo kim. Ngo kim. Five sensory organs. Ngo kwan. Ngo kwan. Really colorful. Ngo tai. Ngo tai. Everything under the sun or the entire universe. Diok hap. Diok hap. Referring to the six domesticated animals. Diok tiok. Diok tiok. A traffic intersection. Ship jido. Ship jido. A common saying expressing that something is completely perfect. Ship zuan ship bi. Ship zuan ship bi. What is your phone number? Die teng wei kui he. Die teng wei kui he. My phone number is 09-8355-7846. Kong kiu. Pat sam ngo ngo. Chip pat su diok. Kong kiu. Pat sam ngo ngo. My phone number is 0983-557-846. What year were you born? Di kui ni tsushi. Di kui ni tsushi. Or, di kui ni tsu. Di kui ni tsu. I was born in 1992. Gua ikyu kyu ji tsushi. Or, gua ikyu kyu ji Okay, that's it for today. To review what we discussed in this episode, visit our website, bysizetaiwanese.com, and go to the episode page where you can find a quick recap of what we covered today. And if you want more than what we covered in today's podcast, just check out the downloadable workbook, where you'll get great exercises, extra vocabulary, more grammar discussion, more audio, and so much more detail like annotated tone changes. It's a new year, so it's resolution season. And now the time to start new habits. Make this year the year that you improve your Taiwanese. So hit that subscribe button on this podcast so you'll be sure to get the latest episodes as soon as they drop. And also make sure you're getting all the extra practice you need for reinforcement by downloading our workbook. Chapter 1 is a free download, so go check it out for yourself by clicking on the link in our show notes. You can download the workbook individually by chapter or get the entire season. 
Finally, if you've been enjoying this podcast, please help us let others know by leaving a rating or review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. If you have a favorite episode, consider sharing it with someone that you think might be interested in learning Taiwanese. Just hit that share button. Let's get more people learning Taiwanese. Thanks everyone for listening. I'm Ellen and I'm Phil. See you next time. Zaihui.